Hey now, welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. Today we're talking about the risk involved in your business. No, we're talking about employee benefits and how you can use employee benefits as a competitive advantage, what you need to do, and what you need to understand to make sure you're even competitive because you may be losing people and not even know it because your benefit package may be outdated. Things are moving so fast, people are changing companies so quickly that if you don't pay attention to this, you can be sure your employees will. I've got just the person to speak to about that today. Andrew Gottfried is with me and he's gonna share what you should be thinking about when it comes to the benefits that you're giving to the folks in your organization. Please join me in welcoming Andrew to the Inside BS Show. Andrew, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for having me, Dave. Really excited to be here. Thank you. All right, so tell people what you do and explain to them why it's so important. I mean, I wasn't exaggerating. People are really, they, they have their way now. They can, they can pick and choose companies they want to go to based on the best benefits package. So explain how you help people with this very important topic. Yeah, so thank you. So, so essentially what we do is we work with a business to help teach them, you know, ways in which they can add value to their benefits packages, do so within the restraints of their budget, um, and do so in a manner that when we try to fit it into that budget, we're not fitting it into that budget simply by taking benefits away from the employees. You know, with where we're at in the labor market right now is, um, you know, look, businesses are strained. They're looking to add people and they're looking to retain people but they're looking to do so on their terms in the budget that works for them. And they're dealing with four, soon to be five generations in the workforce, and they all want something different. You know, there's some uniform things that everybody looks for, but by and large, if you're looking at all those generations, they value things very differently. So it's a massive challenge um, to our customers that are dealing with recruitment and retention. All right, so let's start at the foundational level. Let's start with the basics, right? And let's not assume that everybody knows what the basics are. What are what are we talking about from a from a very basic level from from a benefit standpoint? Sure. Most of my day, 75% of my day is is dealt with the medical plan. So the health insurance plan is sort of the basis of um what everyone's concerned about first. What does the medical plan look like? How does it compare to my spouse? How does it compare to my prior employer? Or if you're looking to change employers, how does it compare to what I have now? Then we bolt on top of that. We've got the dental plan. We've got some sort of replacement income, whether it be life insurance, whether it be short-term disability, long-term disability, the replacement income products have started to take off on the voluntary basis. So you've got your Aflacs. Everybody knows the duck that they see at halftime of almost every sporting event or during every commercial. And then, um, and then you've got the retirement plan. You know, what we're okay. seeing now um, in addition is 
to try to bring flexibility to the marketplace is what we would call a perks program where employers are sort of saying, look, because we're challenged by understanding what everybody wants, why don't we just give people a pot of money and sort of let them use that money on any sort of taxable or, or non-taxable perk that they might want in addition to sort of the core baseline that we're offering people and have been for probably 20, 30 years since the business really began. And so explain to folks how you fit in. Explain to them how you're helpful, how you add value in this. So most businesses have someone like me. They probably found them when they started the insurance program, when they started the business. They might have found them through the years. Um, but as mentioned, you know, medical cost, the cost of care doesn't go down. It's gone up and it's continuing to go up as technology continues to develop. The prescription drug industry continues to develop therapeutics. Um, so what we do where we come in is we teach businesses how to look at the offering in a different manner, maybe peel back some of the leverage that the insurance company that they're working with has and return that leverage to the employer so that we can, at the end of the day, work on containing costs but not doing so simply by making the deductible go up at the employee level and essentially making them unhappy with the benefits that they're receiving from their employer. Yeah, so how do you how do you shift that leverage? How do you, you know, especially if it's not a huge, you know, if it's not IBM, if it's not Pfizer, how do you how do you shift that leverage from the from the insurance company back to the employer? So it's it's hard to do if you don't have 100 employees by and large. Um, but you don't have to be the size of an IBM to actually do it. Um, I've always thought that data is power, and power is what's going to give you that leverage. So if we can find a way to have our customers get access to their data so that we can then look at the data and figure out, okay, look, what's driving the cost is this, and let's come up with a plan to address what's driving it as opposed to flying blind where you have no access to the data, you sort of just get the renewal each and every year from the insurance company and they tell you, look, here's the rate, it is what it is because that's what we had to do based upon what we think your claims are gonna be next year. Well, how do you argue against that if you don't know what they look like? Right, right, you know, and how do you, so, it, so yeah, how do you get access to that though? That's, there's HIPAA issues, so they have to blind it, right? Can they even, will they even give it to you? Yeah, so what we do is we do a lot of partial self-funding. So once you become partially self-funded where you're paying for the claims up to a certain point yourself, once you do that, that data becomes yours. And so yes, it is privacy protected. We have to follow HIPAA. The client has to follow HIPAA. The insurance company follows HIPAA. But once we start to go down that path, now we get the reports and we get the data and we can start to work with them. But I'll say, you don't have to be that large to do it. If an employer is too small for a traditional self-funding arrangement, we can still try to put them into a strategy that will give them some level 
of data. It might be data on the overall pool on a monthly basis, but at least we have some data point that we can sit there and say, hey, look, claims are bad. You know, if claims are driving the increase, you can't run away from them. But at least we know that what they're telling us is accurate for us to then handle it. Because if you don't see the information, you basically have to just sit there and say, look, claims are... We're being told claims are high, so the renewal is going to be X. Well, let's find out because then we can figure out how to manage it. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point. And so when you're when you talk about looking at this data and, and you know, you mentioned before that data, uh, you know, drives the strategy. If you if you know what your claims are. Are you then able to shop around and say to another insurance carrier, hey, here's our blinded data. Can you give us a quote based on what you've seen? And will that generally work out better than an initial quote when they, because I'm assuming that they just quote these, like the first, your first year with an insurance company, they're just quoting you based on history of companies your size in your industry with that, with the demographics of the people involved. Is that how they do it? Yeah, so if there's no data involved, that's how they're doing it. It's just the demographics, the industry. Um, there'll be a little bit of a new new business discount, you know, because they want to get you in the door. And that might be three or four percent depending upon the insurance carrier. But once you get once you get data, what you're essentially able to do is evaluate, okay, is our current carrier processing the data the correct way? You know, we've got our own spreadsheets and our own renewal calculations that we use. And what we're looking for is an insurance company to do what we think we would do if we were them, right? So if our underwriting calculation says, hey, it should be a 4% increase, and the insurance carrier that they're with is hitting them with an 8, 9, or a 10, we got to talk about why. And so when we go to the marketplace, a lot of times if you have the ability to lead the insurance company in the direction that you want them to go to, you can get the end result that you're looking for. And then once you're large enough that you're self-funded, then yes, absolutely. If you're partially self-funded, you have large claims data, you have monthly claims data, you engage the stop-loss marketplace, and essentially you're letting the underwriter look at the data set and say, you know what, we really like this, or you know what, this isn't for us. All right, so I'm going to ask you um, this question. I want you to uh, to take a minute and think about it, and then when we come back, you can give us the answer. If someone is going to the market for the first time and they're and they're uh, shopping around for insurance, what is the best way? For them, well, first of all, when when should they start? And second, what is the best way for them to go out to the market to do it? Okay, so when should they start, and what is the best way for them to go out to the market and do it? I want you to think about that. Give us the answer in just one minute because I need to remind folks that we are brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. Since 1983, Sandrowski has provided expert client service to people all over the United States, and they focus on tax planning, family office advisory, business valuations, litigation support, 
and risk management. So if you're a professional service provider, let's say you're an attorney and you need help with a big case, there are financials that are at issue in a big case, you need to bring somebody in to interpret those numbers. And while you bring them in to interpret those numbers, they have to be able to do it in a way that breaks it down in a fashion that's easy to understand. Sandrowski can do this because they've been doing it for 35 years. They're financial services team, their litigation support team, their valuation team has been working with professional service providers, particularly attorneys for years, and they could provide expert testimony in a way that makes it super easy for folks to understand. If you need help analyzing financial information for a court case, give Sandrowski a call, 866-717-1607, 1607. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors is a CPA firm with a different perspective. We're also brought to you by My Revenue Roadmap Guide. If you want to build your business based on relationships, I've got the guide for you. It's the same business development plan I share with my clients. Go to revenueroadmapguide.com, revenueroadmapguide.com. Enter your contact info there. You can download my guide to business development and customize it for your professional practice, revenueroadmapguide.com. It's my gift to you for joining us today. We're talking with Andrew Gottfried. He is the VP of Business Development for a company called Risk Strategies. They will help you with your employee benefits. If you need help from him, you can reach out to him at 978-317-9687, All right, Andrew, when do we start looking for new benefits? And what's the process like? What's the easy way to do it? So the first thing I'd say is you want to be partnered with a broker that you trust and that you know is going to guide you on the right path. So you would want to start the process if you're over 100 employees or if you're large enough to have critical mass about six months prior to the, uh, to the effective date at a minimum. If you're a little bit smaller, you can scrunch that window a little bit, but not too much. You'd want to probably be out in the marketplace four months prior. You know, they're going to guide you with what data you need to bring to the market. You know, but nowadays you want to make sure that employees really understand the benefits that you're providing to them. So you want to have a very consistent, concise, accurately messaged uh, open enrollment. And in order to do that, you know, you want to have your decisions made somewhere between four, three and a half months prior to the re- renewal date. So you got to get to the marketplace at, at that six month, you know, mid-year window if you're really going to have your advisor do a very good job. And when you say open enrollment, is open enrollment the same time of year for everybody or can open enrollment be whenever your policy, whenever your, whenever your coverage is up? It's usually the same for every employer, assuming that they're renewing at the same time. So for the employers that are renewing in January, you'll have open enrollment, and it's their decision. You'll have open enrollment somewhere between the middle of October through the end of December. You know, some employers run open enrollment the exact 30 days prior to the renewal date. I do think you're seeing a little bit of a trend towards starting open enrollment earlier so that you have a month to administer the changes that employees might have elected. You know, if you if you cut it off right at the end date, you don't have a lot of time to actually make the changes that are being requested. Sure. 
Sure. All right. So let's let's switch gears a little bit, Andrew. Tell us tell us a little bit about your your job and how you got started in this. How did you get started as somebody who helps companies with benefits? I mean, I would imagine it's interesting because you get to see a lot of different companies and you really get the inside scoop on what's going on with them and their and their employees. How did you get started doing this? So like a lot of young boys, I grew up with insurance contracts on my wall. I didn't have anything like Michael Jordan. It was, it was all about insurance. No. Um, so it, it's a funny story. I, uh, the first broker I worked for did on-campus interviews in college. Um, I attended one. I had a second interview about a month later. And I remember calling home and I said to my mom and dad, I was talking to my father and he said, how'd that interview go? I said, you know, it's interesting that they offered me the job. He said, cool. He said, what, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. What do you think? He said, did anyone else offer you a job yet? I said, no. He goes, I think you should probably take it. I think you're going to take it. (laughs) So so that's how I got into it. You know, um, I always think back to the first interview where, you know, they sort of hit you with that like standard interview question of like, you know, can you explain to me what we do, you know, to try to figure out if you did your research and whatnot. And I said, yeah, you know, businesses call you to help them with their employee benefits. And um, my old boss had a big smile on his face because he said, Andrew, I wish they were calling us. Um, You know, so fast forward, you know, my days spent trying to, you know, open up conversations with people, um, you know, that might want to look at things being done a little bit different, you know. So I had that interview. Um, I, I took that position, and 21 years later, I'm still doing the same thing. Um, you know, it, it's a great business. I interact every day with people that are so much smarter than I am, but they don't know employee benefits. So they look to me to be an expert on things where, you know, by and large, I have no business advising you know, these people on anything else. Um, yeah. Well, that's, that's what all of us do really. Right. That's what that we all, we we're experts, you know, in professional services, we're experts in a narrow area and people call us when they need help in that specific narrow area. So let's let, talk a little bit about the, the insurance marketplace is kind of, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of funny in a way because, and many people may not know this. So you you have the ability to offer several different companies type benefits, right? But then there are certain insurance companies that have like a direct team that will go in after organizations, right? Is that correct? Like like Blue Cross Blue Shield, I think they they go after the, do they go after people themselves or do, do they is aren't there certain companies that directly go after corporate business? You see that a little bit more in the property and casualty side of the insurance business. By and large, in the employee benefits space, there's a broker involved. In everything. Unless you're in the, 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 the jumbo size employers, you know, hundreds of thousands of employees, you might have a direct relationship. But then you have, you have actuaries that will help the client. You have underwriters that will help the clients. You have high, high-end consultants, but in the, um, in the mid-market, in, you know, the 50 to 2,000 employees, most of the time there's a broker involved, and health insurance carriers use the broker distribution channel 90% of the time, 95% okay. of the time. Um, 
you know. And now, how do you know, does somebody come to you and say, hey, my buddy just put just brought Aetna into his company and his employees are thrilled. Can we look at Aetna? Like, how do you decide which company is a good fit for which client? Like, I know it, it, it you know, the data and the numbers and all that and the budget is important, but are there's got to be different offerings at different levels. How do you figure out who fits with who? So we're a national company. Um, we're in about 100 different offices. We've got a great team that um, we coordinate and, and we collaborate with each other every day. So what's more than likely to happen is it's another office as opposed to a buddy saying, hey, we just brought in Aetna. It's another office that says something like, hey, we just had a great experience with this type of product at this kind of carrier or this strategy has given an incredible amount of value to our people. You know, we should maybe bring them in, have them meet with us on a national basis. And then that's a bit of the art to this is, you know, you have to figure out, you have to figure out if it's a fit for the client with what that vendor does. Because, you know, I could look at the same size client and they might value the employee benefits package much differently than somebody else. Where if it's a vendor that's going to provide, you know, the lowest cost possible, but maybe the service isn't that great, well, that's not going to work for a client who wants to use their benefits as the A number one recruitment and retention tool. But it might work very well for a client who's really concerned about the bottom line because they're a very thin margin company and every dollar they save is, you know, equal to 80 times that in new sales. I mean, it, that's part of our job is to recognize where the fit would be between the vendor, the insurance carrier, and the client. And will you also be able to do some sort of a competitive analysis and say, okay, in your industry, here's the norm for benefits. If you're not, this is the bare minimum. If you're not doing this, you're going to lose people. Yeah, that's one of the first things we do with any new client. And it's something we do on an ongoing basis is, hey, here's where you lie within your industry. Here's where you lie within your geography. Here's where you lie with like businesses that you might be competing with people for. And here's what's changed, you know, and, and we might want to augment this and we might want to augment that just to make sure people know that when they go to the marketplace of, of, you know, hiring people or at open enrollment, when you say to people, hey, look, we know this is like an eight on a scale of one to 10. You don't want anyone to ever say, no, it's not. All right. And what about looking at the 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 portion of the employer contribution versus the employee contribution do you do you get into advising your clients hey this is the standard in your industry versus other industries absolutely yeah so our matrix will look at you know we'll do a cost benefit analysis on the coverages that we're looking at what each carrier looks like and then we'll break it down into hey look if you're going to continue the contribution structure you have today, here's what it's going to result in actual cost. But we'll also show some options, you know, that are out there to, to 
maybe change that around. Um, you know, that's an area that's um, particularly as companies try to scale nowadays. You know, do you offer a flat percentage or do you offer a flat dollar? If you offer a flat percentage and there's multiple plans, you could hire somebody that costs you more than hiring somebody else. But if you're contributing a flat dollar percentage, depending upon whatever product they pick, you're still out the same amount of money either way. You know, so you have to look at at all of those different aspects when it comes to, you know, the the renewal each year. And what are you seeing these days? Is are any is anybody doing anything differently with their with their benefits? Given the, I mean, I, I hate to use the term, we it's so it's we we just get beaten up by it. The Great Recession, right? Is anybody doing anything different with their benefits to make their company more attractive? Yes, you know we're seeing um, probably less of a focus on trying to save money, quote unquote, on the medical plan. And more of, of a focus on are there things we can add that might not lead to a massive amount of down-the-road cost, but we can add to some cost right now to make people just f- feel better about being here. You know, you've got perks. So a set amount of money, the employer hires a platform And that platform is an easy way for employees to spend that monthly allotment that they've been given. You know, and I mean, there's some where it's like you get a new TV. You know, it's a taxable event, but you can spend that money on that or you can spend it on acupuncture or you can get a Peloton or you can go to the yoga studio. Um, Mental health, we're seeing a lot of mental health services added to employee benefit plans with a, or, or a strong focus on promoting what's out there for employees um, when it comes to mental health services. A lot of times it's, hey, look, do you know you can have that can have that meeting with the counselor from your own home? You know, virtual mental health, um, virtual office visits. I guess they say there was about two years of innovation within the first four months of the COVID-19 pandemic because you had to find out a way to, to, you had to bring everything that was, that you left for into your home. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. All right, Andrew, I want you to take uh, take a minute now. Think of three things you want us to take away from our time together, three important points you want folks to remember from our time together. While you're thinking about that, I'm gonna remind folks that once again, we're brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. Since 1983, Sandrowski has been helping folks with their tax planning, consulting, dispute advisory, business valuation, forensic accounting, and risk management. So if you are in a situation where you're concerned about your tax exposure, Sandrowski is the perfect group to call. I'll give you an example. If you're thinking about selling your business and you're within five years of selling your business, you need to give Sandrowski a call because they'll look at the business entity structure of your business and they'll look at the exposure that you're gonna have when you have that liquidation event. When you get your wheelbarrow full of cash and you wanna carry it home from selling your business, you're gonna pay taxes on all that unless you qualify for a small business tax exemption. Now, 
Sandrowski knows this area inside and out. They've helped hundreds of businesses with the qualified small business uh, stock exemption. So if you're thinking about selling your business sometime in the next, say, five to seven years, you got to call them now because your business needs to be structured in a certain way and operating under that structure for five years. The difference is, and I'll, and I'll give you the example that Harry Sandrowski gave me last week when I was with him. He was telling me that he helped a business owner save over $10 million in personal capital gains tax because they restructured his business six years earlier and he operated that way and he, was, he qualified for a small business stock exemption. You want to know more about this? You want the exact details? you can go and call Sandrowski right now and they'll fill you in. 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. There are a couple of things that you need to know. You have to have a business that's $50 million in annual revenue or less in order to qualify. You have to be in certain industries and certain industries are excluded. Call them today. They will get you all sorted out. 866-717-1607. Tell them you heard about the qualified small business stock exemption on the Inside BS Show. We're also brought to you by My Revenue Roadmap Guide. If you want to have a business development plan that will allow you to grow your business based on relationships, you got to download this guide. It's free. RevenueRoadmapGuide.com. RevenueRoadmapGuide.com. Go to that website, enter your contact info, download it now. It's yours for free. It's my gift to you for listening and for watching the show. All right, we're talking with Andrew Gottfried. He's helped us with our benefits today. If you want to reach out to him, 978-317-9687-978-317-9687. That's the number to call. Andrew, what three things should we take away from our time together today? I think the first thing is that businesses should not just accept the same each and every year. You know, there are options, there are creative solutions for all size businesses. You can bring the same strategy that a 5,000 employee company uses down to a 35 employee company. There's just going to be a little bit of a different way to do it and there's going to be less zeros on the spreadsheet, but the concept is the same. So I'd say don't, don't accept the same thing every year. Um, okay, great. Don't be afraid of risk. You know, it's at the point now where a lot of the underwriting calculations that go on in the employer fully insured market is claims are being used against employers. If they have high claims, they're going to have an increase. So you're not running away from it. So you're better off to take the bull by the horns, work on a way you can understand your claims, and that will help you move forward with a much stronger, um, you know, financially performing plan in the future. And I think the last one is, you know, be willing to ask why. You know, why is the increase the way it is? Why aren't we looking at anything else? And, and you know, why is it this way? All right, those are the three things to take away from our time together. If you want to reach out to Andrew, give him a call at 978-317-9687, 978-317-9687. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure having you on the Inside BS Show. Appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. Thanks so much, Dave. We'll stay in touch. 
Alrighty, folks, that'll do it for this episode of the Inside BS Show. We'll be back here again tomorrow with another great interview. Until then, my name is Dave Lorenzo, and here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.